Welcome to our 50th episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We're happy to have our big milestone episode brought to you by our partner Yeti, a leading brand in outdoor products. In 2006, Yeti was founded with a simple mission, build a cooler that could be used every day if it existed. A product built for serious outdoor enthusiasts instead of something mass-produced, one that could stand up to the wear and tear of the field and the water and simply wouldn't break down. Yeti's product innovation came from necessity and experience without simply relying on analytics and data. That's why today, Yeti's full line of products perform when it matters most. Whether you find yourself in the mountains, out on the water, in your very own backyard, or anywhere in between. And I know this to be true firsthand because my family uses Yeti coolers and they've stood up to years of abuse and they just keep on chugging along. And as you probably know, Yeti isn't just a cooler brand. Their expansive new fall lineup can be found via the link in our show notes. And membership holders on Patreon.com should keep an eye on their inbox this week because members are being selected to get free product samples from the fall collection. Yeti, representing the yardstick by which all other outdoor products are measured. Thank you all for your continued support, and we hope you enjoy the show. So, you think you can dance? Join the Community Sports Fans Dance Troupe and learn the Baseball Fan Dance. Don't miss your chance to dance in the CSF official music video. All baseball fans are welcome. Please visit communitysportsfans.com for further details. Smith, welcome back. Hey, what's up, man? I guess you, you can't believe that people want to hear from you again, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be real. Um, so let me start by talking about this this big surprise you did. Now, so tell me tell me how you how and why you pulled off this huge surprise of returning to Wrigley Field without even telling me. So I want to hear, you know, the thought process behind all that. <laughs> I mean. I wouldn't call it a surprise. It was more like, yeah, I should go to work today. Um, I don't know. So, like, I've been on the schedule, but it's been kind of cool being at home um, um, and, like, hanging out with the baby. And then, like, COVID didn't do my body well, right? So I needed to, like, de-stress. I needed to eat healthier, exercise more. So working a lot at Wrigley and doing other stuff just wasn't um, probably the right thing, if that, if that makes sense. So I wanted to come back probably in June. Well, not June, take that back, in July. But the way things were going, I said, ah, I tried August. And I'm like, ah, let's see what happens with September. And so um, I thought working the weekend games in September um, 
would be fun. But it wasn't like I didn't really like plan it. It was more like this is a good time, if that makes sense. I don't know. I like. Yeah. So uh, I get to work that day, that morning, and um, uh, I walk around the corner and Frank, is Mike going to be here? So everybody knows that I know you talk to you. Frank, Mike's on a schedule. Like, he's not coming. I just talked to him last night. You know, let's <laughs> Eric, you can go and do this over here because he's not coming. And then I tried to call you, you know, to the phone. Like, yeah, he's, he's, this, he's not coming. Yeah, I can't even find my phone. And again, I'm like, I just talked to him last night. And he did not even bring up this coming back thing. So well, you didn't ask, or I would have told you. You know, like, are you coming to work tomorrow? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. You didn't, oh. you didn't bring up work, right? So never crossed my mind even. You <laughs> <laughs> come up and show up, and you walk into the room, and it was like Jesus had came back to the earth. Everybody's clapping and happy. It, it was you know, pretty, pretty cool to see that kind of response in the supervisor room. Don't you think? I still think people were making fun of me. Um, <laughs> like, oh, he finally showed up. I don't, I, I don't know if it was the other way around, but it was nice to see everybody. Um, and it was nice to come back because. It didn't seem like much has changed. It's like, so it was... Um, now, let's, let's back up a little bit because when you said things have not changed, you immediately came back and put me to work. That's how you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, right? Like, Frank, this is what I want. Make it happen. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> this way and this way, not to think they'll change. They got to do this and... But it worked yeah. out. We, got it done. Yeah, we figured out how to move stuff around and we were able to do it for that day. I mean, it was cool. It was, um, I don't know, it was cool. So, so I've been working, what, three, three, four months almost? Like when I was, last time I worked, the Cubs had like a 10-game lead and we're in first place, right? Yep. Um, so it's been a long time. It was just cool Um, see everybody, see everybody doing well. So I know a lot of people aren't. Um. No, it was it was fun, you know. Uh, work working is supposed to be fun. I felt like we had a lot of fun this past weekend, um, even with uh, running the bases, right? Um, kind of sitting there, kind of doing what we normally would do um, in those situations. It was a yeah, it was it was like like it was like three four years ago, right? It was, it was a good time in that moment, so. Yes. Um, well, I would say maybe well, three, four years ago, I would say back when the attendance was 20,000, I would say. But I mean, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that made it even more fun, right? It's like, oh. Yes. And, you know, it was what that what game was that? Saturdays? No, Sunday's game was three grand slams, right? Yeah. Games are so oh, bad. yeah. But it was still a boring game, right? Because <laughs> like, why are we what are we playing for at this moment? But, um <laughs> They won like what seven, eight games in a row? I think eight today. No, seven, eight, seven, seven. Seven. Yeah. So I mean, you know, something to hold your head up in the season strong. Maybe uh end the year on a good foot and start off next year better. I don't know with the Cubs sometimes. I mean, I love them and I think that's a, a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yes. Uh, but let's talk about what you were doing. Um when you were not with the Cubs and uh, Floyd joked with us the other day, he's like, um, you know, Frank, I think that Mike's going to be the president of the teachers union. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Um, but tell us, uh, tell the audience, tell people, you know, what you do uh, union-wise. We didn't discuss um, that. So I work in CPS and 
as a result of being a Chicago public teacher, um, I'm on, um, I'm in a CTU. Um, and I got a little bit more active um, within the CTU. Um, and it's, it's been a, it's been a good thing um, for a couple of reasons, you know, working in Chicago public schools, um, there's a lot that goes on in the communities um, that impacts a student's ability to learn, right? Um, and therefore it impacts my ability to provide quality education. And sometimes you gotta go beyond the classroom to support students. And my work in a union is all about, you know, how can we make education better for the city of Chicago? So we do things like door knocking, calling people, speaking to people just to see, you know, what are some issues that's going on that, that impact my ability to live and ultimately, you know, provide for my children, ultimately students to do well in school. And um, so I've got a lot more involved with that aspect of it um, within the union. And it's been um, rewarding and it's been really cool. Um, it's been tough because you talk to people and you kind of learn um, that there are a lot of things that maybe, you know, teachers can't address, right? Um, but the whole idea of listening and talking and understanding what people go through um, makes, makes a big difference in the way you approach teaching. Um, so yeah, it's, oh, here comes my daughter. It's, um, Olivia. Yeah, she just let the dog in and she's here too. Hey girl. Oh, Billy, I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's great. They want to see her, I'm sure. <laughs> well, she's got the bath. She's supposed to be drinking her milk. Where's your milk? Oh, really? Well, okay. But another question. What, what, do you say to, what do you say to people who are, who say, um, who have, who think that the teachers union, the ones that say the teachers union, when they go on strike, they're putting themselves for the kids or they're, well, mm -hmm. what, what, what do you say when, you know, people... Some people are like on the fence when it comes to strikes and things like that. When they say, "Yeah, like you know, kids are out of school," like what do you say to those people? To win, what do you say to them? Well, I don't. I don't think I. It's not that I want to say anything to them. Um, it's more like we just got to kind of listen a little bit more, right? And I think what they are trying to say is, teachers should be teaching, right? Like that's your job, right? But they forget the whole point that teachers are people, right? I mean, we pay. Taxes just like anyone else. We have kids just like anyone else. We're mothers, we're fathers, right? We have kids in schools and it's that kind of language that separates teachers or anybody from the community that makes it okay to um, kind of drag teachers in the mud, right? Because we don't consider them the same. It's like we say, oh, the boss, right? Um, and, and it's not, it's not that, you know, it's more of we're people in the community, you know, and as a person in a community in which I live, I want my community to thrive, right? And for people who just look at 
the union, the Chicago Teachers Union, um, as someone who just should focus solely on just teaching. Well, the question is kind of what I said, teaching is difficult when the child who you're trying to teach has so many things going on, you know, and people lose sight of that. People lose sight of the violence, right? The poverty that are that's in our city, that's in some of these neighborhoods. And I mean, that is real to those kids and those kids come to school every day. Um, sometimes after losing someone to violence, they come right into the school building. And, you know, you talk to that kid and it's like, man, you came here after experiencing that. How are you? What can I do? And it's like, man, I just, the kid sometimes says, I just can't do it. You know, and, and it's like, as a teacher, you know, you feel some kind of, I don't say responsibility, but it's like, what can I do to help this kid? You know? So that's what really pushes you beyond the classroom is understanding the conditions in which a lot of our students live. And to simply ignore that and say, you should just focus on teaching does a disservice to the student, to the family and to the community. So that's why I got more involved in the union because the work goes way beyond just focusing on somebody getting a paycheck, right? We try to help our students who have no homes. We call them houseless, right? Um, we look a lot at health concerns, especially now, right? How can a, how can a kid come to school if, <laughs> if they don't have a place to stay, right? And so I guess for those for those people who you point out, and I wouldn't say I don't want to separate them from like caring people because I know everyone cares, but there are a lot of things that some of us don't realize um, that exist in our school communities. And as teachers, we see it every day, right? Like the West Side of Chicago, like you will assume that most schools have a librarian and a library, right, Frank? Yeah. West side of Chicago, there's one librarian. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. So it's just things like that um, that just isn't apparent because like when I went to school, it was like this. And that's just not the case. I mean, I think about some of the nurses um, and how many buildings they have to travel to and they're responsible for something like 300 kids, one nurse, right? Like how can one person <laughs> travel between all these schools and help 300 kids, kids adequately. Um, so when I think about what I support the union with, it's that whole idea of teaching the whole kid, right? Um, and I wish structurally our city um, had better things in place to support everyone more equitably, um, but it just doesn't exist. And so for someone who teaches in a community that you know, um, has a lot of challenges, for someone um, who goes to a school who might not have all the resources, you just want me just to go into the building and just teach, right? Don't say that, yo man, we don't have any copy paper. I was at a school, we didn't have any paper. Not the school I'm at now, it's a couple of schools ago. We didn't have any paper, none. Not just for one day, for like a couple of months. Wow. 
And it's like, well, what can we do? Well, that's what teachers are doing, going out, buying paper, you know, using both sides, recycling stuff. Um, and these are the challenges. These are just like real small ones. I mean, you can talk to tons of teachers and they can kind of tell you what's going on. And when I think of our solidarity within the union, it's about not addressing the difficulties that teachers face, it's addressing the difficulties that communities face, school communities, um, and how to lift that up and bring attention to it in a way um, that um, makes things, how about, how about this? They give children a fairer shot at being successful in school um, because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I, I can like go into like detail with some of the stuff that, you know, children have told me and things I've dealt with on a personal level. Um, and it, it just makes you think, I'll put it to you like this. Um, so I was maybe my second year in CPS. I was teaching um, on the South side and I was focused on kids doing well in school like everybody else. My job as a teacher, you need to come to school, you need to do the work. This is how you're gonna make a better life for yourself, right? And I was explaining this to one student and he's like, yo, Mr. Smith, like I get what you're saying, right? I understand, but what does that mean for me, a person who doesn't have a social security number? I said, so what are you trying to say? He's like, I can't work. I can't even go to college when I graduate high school. What are you trying to tell me? And it was in that moment that I recognized that my role as a teacher needs to go beyond just telling this kid, come to class, do this. If I truly wanted to support them and being successful with their life. Um, and I mean, that's a real story. He actually uh, passed away last year too, um, that kid. I'm going to go into details about it. But these are the things that um, a lot of teachers in the city and probably not just Chicago, to be honest, uh, deal with on a daily basis, right? Um, like, I wish I could go into a building, sit down, do my work, have my lunch, and leave, right? How it goes, right? I, after I talk to you, I got to look at some emails because I haven't checked my emails in a couple of days. And uh, there's some issues going on in my school that need to be addressed. And I need to get out in front of it and support our school the best I can so that, um, you know, we can keep keep moving forward in a really, in a really difficult and trying uh, situation. So, so as a long, drawn out answer, I'm pretty sure you're going to edit some stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, we, the last part you said about, I feel like I do this uh, similar thing at Wrigley Field. Like when, when those young people come to work there, um, I sort of feel like I go beyond their ushering or the security. I'm like, what are you doing at home? And uh, how are you, you know, how are you evolving as a man? Or what, you know, what's negatively affecting you? Why are you late for work? Or why can't you afford the belt? Or, you know, why are your shoes not black or whatever, as opposed to, let me write them up because they don't have, they're late or whatever. Right. 
That's exactly uh, right, man. You'd be a good yeah. teacher because those are the things you you look yeah. for. Those are the things you got to think about. I wish we didn't have to, but understanding the world isn't as, I guess, the, fair isn't the right word, but isn't as fair as we would like it to be. Um, we have to consider those things, especially when you're in positions to make a difference. Um, because the reality is, you know, for me, probably for you too, you know, life wasn't as simple as people make it out to be. And the question comes, if you're ever in a position, understanding where you came from and understanding how difficult life was for you, what would you do for a person in your shoes? Um, and when I think about that, I think about things I had to endure, even though it wasn't as challenging as some of the kids that I talked to, not nearly as challenging. I, I asked myself that, right? And that's kind of how I approach it. You know, I, I don't want to be complacent with my success saying, oh, I, I did it. Why can't you do it? Look how hard I did it. Well, if I can make things simpler for someone, why wouldn't I? And I think when people counter that is, well, they need to be challenged. They need to work hard. Well, you can work hard without having to live hard, right? Um, and I think we, I wouldn't say we, I think at times people conflate the two. You have to have a hard life to work hard to do something. Well, you can work really hard and not have as hard of a life, especially if someone can make things simpler. So that's kind of my approach when it comes to teaching. That's kind of my approach with doing some of this broader work. It's about how can I make the roadblocks that I know existed, some of the ones that I face, not roadblocks for some of the people coming up, coming up, um, coming up now because of, you know, my place. So, so yeah. Just having a discussion with Jordan yesterday, who was going through some uh, stuff um, that he wanted to go through on, on his own. And I'm like, I'm like, Jordan, I went through the storm. <laughs> you don't have to get wet. And uh, exactly, it took me a while. It took me saying a couple of times, then he got it, then he got it, then he got it. But well, yeah, you know, I go through the storm. I'm telling you all this, what's going to happen, how to do whatever. I go through the storm so that you don't have to get wet. If you get wet now because you chose to, <laughs> right? To get wet. So, um, I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah. Um, That's, here's an umbrella, I don't want it, man. It's gonna rain, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Uh, now, usually when I'm in a room, people say to me, people always say that I'm, you know, I'm the smartest one in the room or whatever. And uh, that is thrown right out the window when you come in the room because uh, you have so many degrees that, um, you know, I don't even compare. So I just like to read, man. That's like about all these degrees that you have. <laughs> yeah. So Not only degrees, master degrees, but go ahead. Um, so I, I read a lot, to put it that way. Um. So I got two, finishing up three and getting a PhD, but I took some time off um, this past year. Um, so, um, so yeah, I just, you know, I put it to you this way. When I was in college, undergrad, um, it was an eye-opening experience for me, right? So I went to school, went to Purdue in Indiana, 
not thinking it was different than Chicago because of Indiana, like I think of Indiana, I think of Hammond, right? Hammond is like right there. So I'm not thinking it's different until I actually went and took me about four weeks into the my first year at Purdue to realize, man, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Where are all the brothers, right? I was confused. I like, I it, two and two didn't make four, right? One and one didn't make two when I was there first. And then, you know, it was that realization that I had to like reassess where I was. And in that moment of reassessing, I did a lot of learning and it was talking to different groups of people. So I kind of I kind of had to find my place. And um, I remember our Black Cultural Center. I went there at Purdue. Um, I started talking to just other students, right? And then those students led me to talk to professors um, and taking certain classes. And then I met different people, right? It just wasn't Black kids, you know? I really um, had a really diverse group of friends. Um, and it was in learning about them and their experiences that really helped me pick classes um, and connect with uh, professors. And it was in those moments when I realized there was so much more to know. Um, and it was this like drive for like knowledge that um, kind of push, pushed me to like read, like literally read. Um, and it was in this reading that I said, oh, maybe I should take a class or two. And then I apply to school and I get in and there I go doing that. And um, that's kind of where I am. So like right now I'm looking at United States history to get a master's in that. Um, because I think what has happened over the past, what, year and a half with how people are reassessing what they know. Um, I felt I need to reassess how I looked at things. Um, and, you know, what better way to do that is to learn more about what I think I know, right? Um, so I don't know where this desire to learn really came from, um, but it, it is more of a way to understand my place in the world. And that's kind of why I said that story about Purdue, like me learning about things um, helps me learn about not just the world, but how I fit into it. Um, and, and yeah, I, I guess that's, I guess that's, I guess that's what's up. Yeah. My, my philosophy is to uh, never stop learning. Like, always try to learn mm -hmm. when i got into this podcasting thing i told david i was going to just be learning about it and learning about it and learning about it and look at me now i'm a, like this pro in podcasting because i never stopped learning and i was telling my um uh, a friend of mine the other day uh, all of this craziness about um uh the virus and politics is coming from the people who have stopped learning when they got out of school they stopped learning so these people here or just believe whatever they see on social media, whatever they believe, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, they, man, that, that's real. And all the people that have continued learning are like, what y'all talking about? <laughs> right. You know, I, I think the best thing I heard about like learning is do you know enough about something? Like people feel they know enough about something to know when they're right. 
but really knowing something is to know enough about something to know when you're wrong, right? And I'm not sure if enough people know enough about something to know when they're given the wrong information or they're just wrong in general. And, you know, the pandemic, which is still going on, by the way, right? We all know this. It's one of those scenarios. Um, Because like you said, when you try to have a conversation with someone, they kind of tell you, no, 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 no. I already know. (laughs) You know, things change literally day to day um, for the past, what, two years with this. So it's impressive how you know the future already. And um, the basic understanding of science or just, I mean, it just, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, I don't want to say it's touchy. I mean, not at this point with everything we do know. Um, and based on prior experiences, what we can expect, right? So there's that future telling thing again, but I, I think we need to sometimes slow down and listen, um, and then maybe not talk, just listen, and then kind of just, just play it in your head a few times and see if it makes sense, because most people are intelligent, regardless of what they show you. Um, and I feel that most people can reason um, if given an opportunity. But I think maybe emotion gets in the way or sometimes themselves get in the way of that ability to uh, to come to some kind of rash, rational, like, I don't say thought, but come to some kind of rational understanding, I guess, um, about that kind of stuff. So I don't know. OK, uh, so I was supposed to be going down to South Carolina, I think, two years ago or maybe one year ago. Uh, because you were supposed to be getting married. Yeah. And that didn't, yeah, that didn't, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, tell us about this proposal. <laughs> I, I don't well, know the story. There, there really isn't a story. Um, yeah. There really isn't a proposal. Um, she's asleep, I hope. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to have a wedding, right? We were supposed to have a wedding. Uh, it's been moved twice um, because we have kids um, and looks like it's, it's moved again. Right. Um, <laughs> so we were supposed did you, did to, you, did you, I know that you said kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Another one's on the way. Breaking news here. Yeah. <laughs> yep, November girl. I'm the luckiest girl dad in the world. All I want is the boy so I can name him Mikey. That's all I want. But you know, God gives you what you need, right? Um, there was no big proposal. There was no big. There was no doves and no fireworks, and you didn't run out Soldier Field. And <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea, right? I mean, like in my head, that's how it played out. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it was more like, yeah, let's 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 go do this. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, it happened a while ago. Um, and we were supposed to like have the wedding like right after, right? It was like, all right, then we can have the wedding, blah, blah, blah. We can start saving for it, planning for it. Um, so got married, I don't know, four, five years ago, a while ago. Um, and then we planned the wedding after that. Um, so, you know, save money, make plans, right? So, you know how, you know, people do it nowadays, right? Usually... No, the parents have some kind of big endowment. Oh my God, here you go. (laughs) So that didn't exactly happen for us. So it's more like working 
to do it and slowly planning it. I mean, we planned most of it at a bar with our friends, right? Um, wrote a lot of stuff on cocktail napkins as we were drinking. That I think that's fitting for you, though. I think that's fitting. Right? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. So um, my f- Kyle Olivia was supposed to have been a boy. I just knew Olivia was going to be a boy, right? So we were in a bar when we were planning his name, right? And so Olivia's name was supposed to be Glenn. That's, that was his name. It was going to be Kyle Glenn. That, that was the name for Olivia before she was born. This is one before we knew she was a girl. So in the bar, we were talking about how to spell Glenn, right? Was it two N's or one N? So it was a big conversation um, about how to spell it. Everybody we knew in the bar was in on the conversation. We were drinking. I think the bar took a vote. Um, And I think it was like something like 12 to like seven on having two ends opposed to one. I wanted the one end, the people was on my, I don't even know half the people, right? There's just people in the bar. Um, But we, I lost. So Kyle Glenn was supposed to be Kyle Olivia's name when I thought she was a boy, but he, but she is a girl. And so the second kid, I just knew it was a boy. So I already named him too. His name was going to be um, Tracy Glenn because we didn't use Glenn. So Kyle Olivia, and this was going to be Tracy Glenn, right? Tracy Glenn Smith. My, oh, it's a perfect name. Superstar name. Tracy Glenn yeah. Smith. Yeah. Brother going to be bad at whatever he do. So Tracy turns into a girl again. So there's no Tracy. Um, I think we're going to name the baby Riley Glenn. I think we still keep the Glenn, um, but we'll see. If we have another kid, I got another name already lined up, but I'm not going to put it out there yet because every time I do it, it turns out to be a girl. So this time I'm just going to wait. I ain't going to say nothing. Until it actually, until we actually see what happens, and hopefully, hopefully it's a boy. But if it's not a boy, I'm still gonna get, give him the name because I just and you know we just see how it go. We just you know, but that's just kind of where I am. Now, you know I'm infatuated with Canes and infatuated with Canes. The chicken place, uh, right? Yes, and now they just added Louisiana hot sauce to there. <laughs> but I'll say that to say. You currently live less than a minute away from Canes. Since you are expanding the family and you may be going to four and five until you get a boy. uh, (laughs) Seven. (laughs) I'm going to stop at seven. Seven is a completion number. Completion, yes. Uh, I forgot to get your baptism now. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) you definitely have to move at some point so, mm-hmm. so i need you to keep me in mind for your place when you do eventually move because okay. i will make that king's place rich and they probably learn your name man <laughs> I, mean, I mean that's how clark street work you go into a place enough and see the same person they learn your name you get all kind of stuff i mean for a good 12 years of my life i knew every bartender every manager Every piece of play. I don't know how they knew. I think because I'm loud when when I drink, um, I kind of make a scene maybe. Um, 
So maybe that's how they knew me, uh, especially when I was younger. Now I go into the places. I'm just just quiet. Nobody knows who I am. I kind of like to keep it that way. <laughs> you, just, you just remember your friend when it's time to move because uh, I will oh, yeah. up and I will be a cane. I will I would invest in that place. <laughs> I mean, um, I got you, dog. Yeah, yeah, probably will have to move though. Um, pretty soon. You, you need a yard now, and you know you have uh, you have probably getting more animals. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I do want to get. Uh, so we lost Karen the cat. Karen the cat yeah. passed away. Um, so we still got Clint Eastwood. Um, he's actually asleep right now. Half his body's in the bathroom and half is in the hallway. I'm looking at him. Uh, but he's pretty old. Um, he's having some troubles. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he hangs in there. I'm not going to give up on him. Um, but I do, I know this is bad to say, I am thinking ahead, right? I, I do want to get... Uh, some new pets, right? It's really exciting. Do you want to get a new cat? And I want to get some new dogs. I'm going to get two this time. I got two kids, get two dogs. And I'm thinking of Dobermans. Uh, one named Dwayne Johnson and the other one named Denzel Washington. So Dwayne and Denzel will be two Dobermans. See, D and D, get it? So. Join us on the road to our 10,000th download and the launch of our new TV channel with the limited edition Mistaken Identity Podcast shirt made by Obvious Shirts, of course. Click the link in our show notes to purchase before they're all gone. Make sure to tag us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter while wearing your shirt for a chance to win additional merchandise. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six pack today and please remember to drink responsibly that, that, so on, on the topic of so since, you, since you brought up um Dwayne and uh uh denzel actually have on my list uh to ask you about movies because i'm curious to see if we have the same taste in movies so right. what are some of your favorite movies oh man okay so i'm weird dude i like something about the 80s mm. I'm, I'm a fan so batman 1989 okay one of my favorite movies. Um, Misery, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, okay. She's good, I like it's her. A, it's a great movie, man. You, you, I know you've seen it with James Conn. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. She like flips out on him all of a sudden. You think she like this nice lady. It's like, oh my gosh, she saved this man from the snowstorm. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second, right? Um, so those are two of my favorite. And then Rain Man with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. I felt Tom Cruise deserved an Oscar for that. He was really good in that movie. Um, but another great movie. And then you have to go back to the 70s to my other two to round out my top five. And that would be uh, Jaws. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Great movie, man. Everybody's yeah. terrified of sharks for some reason. Yeah. From that movie. Like, it is a great movie. Yeah. Um, and then don't laugh. The remake of King Kong 1970 was six. 
Jessica Lang and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Can watch that movie all the time. I think it's a good movie to watch, put myself to sleep. Something about the gorilla like blowing. He's yeah. It's so silly that I'll enjoy it. Um but not but not the new one with Jack Black. It was it was a bit long, right? I right. thought it was great. Like they did a really good job. I get it, right? I got it. It was great. Um, but for nostalgia reasons, uh, like if I want to watch the King Kong over, I would watch the one where he like, <gasps> like it's just really funny. Um, it's, it's silly. Um, it, I, I would argue that it's a horrible, great movie. All right, they made a roller coaster after it. Yeah. Universal Studios. How can you like? Yeah, get a roller coaster after you. You're a great movie. Right? This is Jaws, Batman, all great movies. All got roller coasters. So mine, mine is probably gonna be weird because weird to you, but yeah, uh, what? I'll probably see. I watch a lot of movies. So my favorite movie of all time that I can watch any day, all day, more than once mm-hmm. is Goodwill Hunting. Really. I think that the whole mentoring thing sort of kind of relates to me some kind of way. The whole mentoring. It's a great movie. That's with uh, Robert Williams, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. But I think the whole thing about mentoring this tough kid that nobody wants to deal with. I think I, think I can relate to that some kind of way. It's a good and movie, man. It's a good one. Everybody I like love that movie. movie. I don't know if I can watch it over and over again. I can watch it. Like, especially that scene where, you know, he's like, why does my dad want me? And that's your fault. Like, that whole thing, just like. That, that's me. That's me. That's Is that the mom. movie when he was in the bar and he's yeah. he, like, the dude was like, spin out these facts. He like, regurgitate yeah. facts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I like that scene. Yes. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, my favorite yeah, franchise. What else you got? My, my favorite franchise. Franchise. Jurassic mm. Park. I love the Jurassic Park franchise. <sighs> really? Love it. I think because when I went to high school, uh, our field trip was to see the first Jurassic Park. For science, we went on a bus to see Jurassic Park, and I saw it in this big 3D thing. And from, from that moment forward, watching these dinosaurs come out of the it was 3D come out of the screen. That it was just amazing. Cool. It was an amazing. I mean, the first one was good too. It was kind of scary too. You know, <laughs> yes. Moments where you was kind of nervous. Yeah. So, but they kind of fell off, in my opinion, after that. I can watch them all day. I can I can watch them all day. <laughs> I mean, all right, I, I give you that. It's a, I mean, those both of those movies are movies I would watch. Right, I would definitely. My last one. Let me, let me be my last one though. So if you like, my last one is kind of what? somewhat a guilty pleasure. I, I hate to say out loud, but it's Home Alone. Can't be worse than me and King Kong. Home Alone. Yes, that that's a great movie. I love Home Alone. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it too. I can quote all the lines. My father yeah. took me to go see that at the Dollar Show. Mm-hmm. Remember the Dollar Show? Yeah, yeah. Dollar Show was like on 87th in Harlem. Yeah, we went to go see Home Alone at the Dollar Show. I remember seeing that. Um. That's a good one, man. I'm like, how do how these how these guys how these robbers not dying? These, these moves are gonna kill them in real life. Like, how are they not dead? <laughs> you know what? Now that you say that, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone Two, Home Alone Two. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's on top of a building with some bricks, and he throws him. At and the- he throws him in the head, straight in the head. Like, oh, that's not funny over. anymore. <laughs> that that is just that just you just ruined Home Alone for me, dog. Because their head should have busted open. Yes. It was three stories up. And yes. four bricks. Yes. <laughs> this is no longer funny. You just <laughs> went home alone for me because it's, you're right. He's, he's, yes. Uh, he's I love that movie. People. Well, I mean, this is a self-defense, though. But I don't know if that's still appropriate to, for kids. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't let my daughter watch that now because she might try to throw a brick in my head and it's going to end up totally different. 
Um, whole different conversation. Yes. And after speaking of your daughter, before I forget, I made this promise to Audrey. Uh, so since, since I'm not saying it's wrong. S, I'm saying it's wrong. Since Cincy. 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 Yeah. These products, by the way, uh, that um, Audrey is selling. I love this lemon one. This is this is a, um, a lemon uh, counter cleaner. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So I I like that too. The, the smell, like my house. Oh my god! Like the, the smell, right? Is yeah. I spray it in the bathroom, in the in the in the garbage can in my house, whatever. So when I open the garbage cans up, they don't smell bad. They smell like lemon. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not like a it's like a good lemon. It's like a yes. Lemon is a fruit, but it's like fruity. You know, yes. it's lemony. Um, and so there is going to be a link in the show notes. Everybody go down to the show notes uh, to Scentsy.us uh, to see some of these products. Uh, it's for a great, great cause. So make sure you go out and support. I'm going to be ordering some more of this uh, right when I get down. I like this stuff. Yes. Uh, I love this, this lemon thing. My God. And yeah, it's- it's, it, I wish all the sprays smelled like that. <laughs> like, why can't you do that? Since he can figure it out, why can't other people like... Yeah. That's why I like the Scentsy because I'm like, oh, because uh, I love cleaning, right? You, everybody yeah. wants a nice, clean house, but yeah. the smell, you cough, and, right? Because I was doing something with some Clorox, was cleaning the wall because the baby threw food all over it, right? So I had to like really scrub it out. So I have to use the Clorox. I'm like, why am I spraying this stuff? I'm <laughs> coughing and I can't figure it out. So I grabbed that stuff um, and actually was smiling when I was cleaning it because it smelled better, you know? But I don't get why they can't make the the chemicals, whatever they put in there, smell better. It's just, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't, uh, oh, sorry. Somebody, somebody rang my doorbell. I don't know who it was. And I hate people just show up to my house. I hate that so much. Like, well, it ain't me. Let me know. But the doorbell had rang. And I'm like, yeah, who is it? And it was a family member. I'm like, oh, my God. I did have an appointment with them today. <laughs> so. Wait, um, you have an appointment with your family member? I think I'm busy. <laughs> yeah it was about investing though teaching how to invest that requires me that requires time oh okay so it was more like okay okay okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right. um you can't just Fair show enough. investing requires some time to teach them but uh and i just didn't have time to clean up everything so what i did was instead of cleaning up stuff i went and sprayed this around my house like, I was just cleaning. <laughs> when it came in they're like oh my god this smells so good in the towel picture away from all the boxes of Absurd that I had around. That's, right. that's how good it is. That's how good that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smells can change your whole day, man. It's yeah. like, what um, is that? All right. You just, whatever you're thinking about, your mind just go away. It's like, ooh, what is that? You yeah. see that too. You, and you always want somebody to smell it with you, right? When you smell something. <laughs> what is that about? I mean, I do it all the time, especially when I'm in the car and I'm driving. I'm, ooh, you smell that? All right. I don't know why, but. But do you, when you're in the car and you're, do you ever, Turn the music down to see what that smell is. Oh yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Because you got to think. Right. Music is distracting. Yes. Forget the fact that I'm driving on the highway. Right. right. <laughs> I'm distracted by a sound, and I'm searching for smell. Who cares about the car that's put the brakes on <laughs> in front of me because they can't merge? But I want right. to. You know. You know yeah. yeah. That that's real. Um, and you got a baby now too, so there's a new oh smell. Lord. You have yeah. to smell a mm-hmm. little. I access them channel. I look back. When you smell that? Take your back <laughs> off the road. That's exactly what you want to do. Look in the back seat. And you know that sit the car seat backwards. Yeah. So you got to look all the way over. 
while you're on the highway. So yeah, smells are distracting, but they the, the they're wonderful when you get a good one. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. they're not. Sometimes you know. Yeah. Sometimes you get that smell is more like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened, right? Yeah. I like nice. Who doesn't like a nice smell? I just went. I just went to Vegas, uh, and when I came back, uh, I put the key halfway in the door. And I'm like, I'm praying to God that this garbage out because when I open this door. <laughs> oh hell. I've done that before. When I open this door, if I didn't hit the garbage out from in a week in Vegas, it's gonna be on. And let me open yeah, the door. Especially the food. I hit the garbage out. So oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got sometimes when you leave the house, certain things you just can't leave in yeah. the house, right? Yeah. And I've done that before. Yeah. You know. It's it's just, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's it's how you feel when you leave. Like, are you in a rush to make it to where you need to go? Or did you prepare and do you got time to do everything you said you needed to do? Yeah. You know? And sometimes I wish I didn't rush because when I come back home, it's like, man, I've been on vacation, but <laughs> I got hotels. Yeah. I took all my good underwear with me, right? <laughs> man, I need to go back on the trip, right? So yeah. I didn't been there before. One time we took a road trip. I forgot where we went. Um, this is when we lived over on Clark. Um, no, it was Sheffield. I lived off Clark and Sheffield right there. And we left the dog, and my brother was in charge of the dog. I don't know why we didn't put him in the kennel. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I left in the rush, and I kind of gave my brother instructions, but I kind of gave him bad instructions. It's more like, you know my dog. You know me. You know what to do. Well, no, he doesn't. This is not his dog. It's not his house. He don't know the rules and schedule. So when we came back, it was um. I wish I was still on vacation. I put it to you like that because I, I we got home late and I had to stay up late cleaning the house. And you can just imagine what dogs do in the house yeah. if they ain't been out the house in quite some time. And it was clear that my brother was unaware. <laughs> that animals use the bathroom more than once a day. So, yeah. so it's horrible. But now we take them to the kintel. <laughs> the trainer, the trainer takes good care of the dog and he can right. stay there. Yeah, sometimes he's got to pay for it, right? You know, take them to a kennel. Well, they call it boarding, right? Yeah. I don't say kennel, right? Um, take them to boarding. You know, boarding is expensive, you know? Um, my brother is not. Right, you get what you pay for. I'll put it to you that way. You get what you pay for, and I paid dearly for right. um, just not doing the right thing. It's like when you move, right? Like you ever see, been that person that move yourself? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like that's like why. The question is why. Right. Um, and I will never move myself again. It's horrible. You got to rent a truck. You gotta put a credit card down, you gotta do a deposit, you gotta fill it up, you gotta get used to driving the truck. Then after all of that, you gotta get the truck to the house. Now you got less than 24 hours to get your whole house in this truck, take all that stuff to the other place, unpack it, gas the truck up, and drop it off before they charge you for an extra day. Yeah. Like who who wants <laughs> to do that? And then when you start moving the stuff in and out the house, you find out that you really ain't pack well. Because yeah. you have to rush to go get the truck in the first place. You say, I'll just pack when I get back. 
And then you spend the whole day packing and you moving. As soon as you move your first box, you sweating and you call somebody to come help you. And they say they're going to help you, but they don't want to help you. They show up the next day when it's all over. It's just a horrible experience. You know, just pay the money. All right. So, so another thing that we have in common somewhat is that, so people think that I'm vegan, but I'm not. I just like the taste of some uh, vegan um, foods. Mm-hmm. Now, it's I mean, an acquired taste. It's, yes, I mean, I would eat anything pretty much, but... Um, yeah, it's an acquired taste. No, I don't know if I told you this, Mike, but there is a vegan, a brand new vegan deli by my house now. Food, really? pastrami, roast beef, whatever, all That's, vegan. But roast beef is meat. <laughs> so it's pastrami, but it's not, it's not real, it's not, it's plant-based. It's all beef. Really? The whole deli. Cold cuts. Vegetarian cold cuts. Yeah, the whole deli. Now, do you have, is there a vegan thing that you actually like? Like, is there a vegan product you like? I don't know. Have you tried the Impossible Whopper yet? Oh, yeah. That's good. I like that. And, and then uh, White Castle's got that beyond. That I haven't tried yet. That I haven't tried. It tastes like a White Castle burger. I mean, it right? does? Yeah. Same thing with the Impossible Whopper. It tastes like a Whopper. Um, what about the KFC, the, the Impossible Chicken? They got Impossible Chicken? Yes. I ain't had no Impossible Chicken. <laughs> yes. I might have to try that. I ain't been to KFC in a minute. Because yes. of the smell. There we go again with the smell. You go on the KFC, right. you need chicken, right? You just can't. Like, it's a Popeye's right here off of, uh, Western. Yeah. I always smell it. Sometimes with canes, you can smell it. So I tried to cross yeah. the street. So I'll get tempted. <laughs> but I haven't... Um, I haven't tried that before, but I mean, I, I feel like if they, if they can convince black people that this fried chicken tastes the same as a plant, that's the same as the real thing, they won. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I haven't tried it, so I don't know. Either, yeah. but maybe I need to because it sounds interesting. Because I mean, I like the vegan food. I do. It's 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 an acquired taste, right? Um, right. It's a good replacement when you want to like indulge. But, like, I try not to, keywords try. I don't know how successful I am. Um, I try not to eat that a lot because it's still not really healthy, right? It's an alternative. But it's, you know, if you want to eat, eat some vegetables, right? Eat some fruit. Um, so I try to live that lifestyle. But, you know, it's um, COVID being locked in going through a second pregnancy now, right? Sometimes, you know, you need some of that indulgent food to, to, to make it through the day, right? Sometimes you're sitting there and, you know, you we look at each other like, oh, Dairy Queen sounds real good, don't it? Yeah, let's go Dairy Queen. Is the ice cream at Wrigley Field is plant-based? Really? It's only ice cream. It's not It's not the regular. Yeah, did you know that? They changed it this year. I don't know about no plant-based ice cream. I said it's, uh, it's only oh, no. cheap. It's only ice cream now. Oh, that's right. I haven't tried it. I'm scared. We, we got to try it though. Because well, no, I don't know. Because I I didn't have plant based ice cream and cheese. That tastes different. Okay. Sorry, it's something about the salt and the dairy that you know whatever they create it with. Because you know it's not real, mm-hmm. even if it is like milk or whatever. Like stuff we get ain't really real. But some whatever they do to it, they don't do the same to it with the vegan style, right? I mean, I'll try it with you, but you got to buy it because <laughs> I already know I ain't going to like it because I, what was I at? 
there's a had a vegan milkshake. What's that place on on uh, Halstead? Chicago Diner, right? They got some good vegetarian vegan options. It's a great place. Well, let me get the um, let me get the shake. It's like, yeah, no dairy. I'm like, for real, no dairy. Oh, let me try it. And I mean, like, it was close, right? But you could, like, for me, I just I love ice cream. Puts you like that, and you know, I can tell it's sherbet from a uh, sorbet. How you put it to a uh, yogurt? I can I can tell the difference. Right. Don't ask me how I know. I just know, and that one I know I ain't like. I put it to you like right. that. So you on your own with the ice cream, but if you buy it, I will definitely try it. And I will probably look at you and say, yeah, this is delicious. And then I will walk away and throw it out somewhere. It's just so I won't be rude to your face. But I'm an honest person. Uh, I shouldn't have told you that, huh? My friend had a barbecue. My friend had a barbecue, and I went to the barbecue. And um, I had the regular food for us. My friend mm-hmm. is vegan. So my friend mm-hmm. had um, uh, barbecued cauliflower that he swore tastes like his barbecue wings just for nah, like, it's probably not true so i'm it's just not. like okay let me let me go ahead and try it and i tried it i'm just like this is cauliflower right <laughs> <laughs> this is cauliflower. Yeah, that's exactly right You're like nah that's not that's not how this works man yes. <laughs> uh it's got some chicken it's got some chicken and seasoning on it. i can taste the seasoning but but it's, it's cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's real though. Like, I'm gonna be real, okay? So, like, eating vegetarian, eating vegan, all this stuff, whatever reason people say it, oh, I'm do this. Like, it's a lifestyle change. Like, you, yeah. you have to change your lifestyle to eat this type of way. And like, I wasn't brought up like that, so I've been eating this way. What I don't know, hundred years, and now all of a sudden I got to automatically switch. I don't think anybody can just automatically switch. And like, you know, it's um, it's not easy to listen to people saying, oh, you should do this. You should do that. I mean, who are you to tell me what I should do? Right. But it is more like, well, here are the benefits of doing these things. Right. And how does this fit into your life? Right. Is it easy for me to eat cauliflower chicken? Right. Well, no, because I mean, I got a barbecue. I got a season in this. I got 18 kids. I get off at 12 o'clock at night. You know, so it's, it's more of like, how do I incorporate this healthy eating into my lifestyle? And like, that's what, that's the process I'm going through, right? So like when I say I'm like a vegan or a vegetarian, it's not that I am. It's more that I'm in the process of learning how to eat more healthy um, with everything else that's going on in my life. And I'm going to be real, the two pregnancies, I kind of got away from that. You know, I was doing real good for a minute. You know, I'm home, I'm like, man, some broccoli sound good right now. Take out some, I can tear some broccoli up, boy. Stand up, you know, get a salad. Ooh, salad, right? And then, you know, you sitting there, wife pregnant. She said, ooh, don't know, Reese's Blizzard sound good. <laughs> I, that do sound good. I mean... Sound way better than broccoli and salad right now, right? <laughs> and, and you know, a couple of couple of months of doing that, you know, that broccoli coming home don't sound good no more. You know, uh-huh. getting the Reese's Blizzard sound a lot better. We've been doing it the past two months. Why not? You know, so it's all about getting away from that again and getting back into this whole um, 
whole thing of, you know, eating like that. Cause it, it, it takes time and the benefits of it is great. I remember when I was like full blown, I got there, right. I got full blown vegan, right. I, I was there. Um, I would wake up six o'clock in the morning doing jumping jacks, you know, <laughs> wake up, woo, let's do some jumping jacks, right. Go for a jog. I was, I was ready to go. Right. Um, so there's a lot of health benefits to it. Um, and to be honest, because we didn't think we could have kids, you know, it was during that process, we were able to have a baby, right? So it it, ha- it does impact your body in positive ways, what you put into it, right? And I try to tell the kids I teach, I'm like, Miss, if I, Miss Smith, you want some of these uh, chips? I'm like, oh, what's in them? You know, chips probably made of potatoes. Right. And they look, I make them read the labels and it's right. funny. Because they can't read the words. Oh, Mr. Smith, what does this say? Like, if you can't read it, I can't read it. And that's what you're putting in your body. So it's all about the realization of, you know, what we're eating. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that they approve is safe. It's never healthy, right? In other words, I can eat this and I won't die, right? And that's kind of how all the food is. But if you eat a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. over... So many years, you know, eventually he's going to catch up with you. They leave that part off the label. Like, you can have a bag of chips today, but don't have a bag of chips 365 days yeah. or 10 years because that 11th year might not come, right? They, they leave that part out. And people think that in that moment, it's okay to eat it. But we don't recognize that, yo, I, this is like my 12th Whopper in the past three months. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of whoppers, right? There's a lot of beef. So, I think what changed my mind about food was that when I, when I was younger in my teenage mm-hmm. years, uh, I can go to the corner store and get uh, a bag of flaming hots for like a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Austin, the West Side. I can get it every day, all day, a quarter. Uh, but something changed in my mindset when I went a few blocks down to Oak Park, and I realized they didn't sell that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. That's real. Yeah, over there I can get I can get broccoli or some, or apples or organic food or whatever. And I thought to myself, well, why can't I find these flaming hots in Oak Park, every mm-hmm. corner? Well, in my, when I go to my neighborhood, I can get Doritos, flaming hots. I can get you know. So no, that's, that that's that's so true because yeah. where I live, there is no place to buy that. I mean, I go to Jewel and get it. Yeah. It's a grocery store, but there's no other place around here where I can buy it. We got a little boutique restaurants and places where you get all your health stuff. So, I mean, like what you're saying is real. And I try to talk to my students about that stuff, too. And people don't really recognize stuff like this. Like where I live right now, we just say Jewel. There's about eight Jewels within a five mile radius around where I live at. My school that I teach at, there's no Jewels within a five mile radius. There's one grocery store. It's about eight miles away from my school. And that's the only one for an entire community. I mean, like, when we think of, like, all the issues that go on in so many places, like, we fail to realize the circumstances under which different people, and it's so weird to say different people, right, that live in different parts of the city. Like, we assume what's going on in my neighborhood is reflective of everything. And just in Chicago, that's just not the case. And it's sad that so many of us like live in our bubbles and like we understand what happens outside of it, but we're so quick to judge um, what happens in other parts 
of the city, just the city itself, without really taking a closer look um, at some of the is <laughs> beyond challenges. Yeah, that people face it's just it's insane. Like flaming hots, like really, they like it's a school right here on the corner. It's another school, probably six blocks away. There's no corner stores with flaming hots around yeah. around these schools. I mean, that's real. It's a it's a nice little coffee shop that sells all like healthy stuff that's really overpriced. Yeah. It's a coffee shop here. Some empanada place there, right? It, 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 it's a it's a world apart, and you travel ten miles. It's totally different. Yeah, somebody, you know, somebody said to me, like, I asked them, you know, why don't you uh, eat healthy? And they said, you know, it's just too expensive. And when you think about the cost. Um, people forget about the cost of the medical condition that you're going to have 10 to 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive. Like, you know, paying this 75 cent more for this healthier food than mm-hmm. diabetes or hypertension yeah. or high blood pressure medication. Like, so whenever somebody said, well, the, the healthy food is just too expensive. I'm like, you're going to really pay for it, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, the problem to that is don't provide hospitals. Like in that same neighborhood where there's one grocery store, there are no hospitals either. So who cares about health and eating? Um, there's, two of my, there's two of my neighborhood over here, uh, two hospitals. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, one right, it's one right up the street from me, man. Um, it was one day I had cut my hand. I ain't gonna tell you what happened, but I cut my hand. You know what T box is. This is a long time. Yeah, I do. So I cut my hand. I'm like, oh snap! I should probably uh, should probably get this checked on, right? And Audrey's like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, no, I'm not. I need to go to the doctor. So I drive myself there, and like I'm thinking ER. I'm gonna be in there for hours. I just walk right in. Oh, hello. How are you? Got your insurance card? Yes. I give it to him. I sit down. So I sit down. They call me to come be seen. Right? And it's, it's just <laughs> simple things like that that we don't realize that isn't as simple for other people. Right? Yeah. And it's messed up that we're so quick to say other things instead of saying, man, this is really messed up. You know, how can we fix this structurally? And it's just, you know, the people who come into power, in my personal opinion, they're just managers, right? They don't, they lack the vision to systematically change a system, right? That they know is difficult to go through, All right? You don't even got to be black, right? You can be a woman, you can be gay, you can be poor. Like, it's difficult, it's hard. And a lot of people in power struggle to get there. And once they get there, they're just really happy in that individual success that they're not willing to actually build structures or tear down structures that allow the people who got them there, people who rely on them to make a difference, to actually make a difference. Like they feel really happy when they just manage the system as it is. Like, oh my God, we were able to come within the budget this year. And it's like, that budget doesn't, oh, my phone, you found it. Oh, thank you. What was it? You don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's under the baby wipes. Under the baby wipes. Like on the counter, this phone's oh, been yeah. on the counter the whole time. Yeah. And I've been looking in cars under couches. It's, it's been on the counter. Well, under under baby wipes. Well, 
I found my phone, Frank. I see. That's good. That's good. You need your own, you, you need your own reality show. I don't. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I don't think people will find it interesting. Okay. But if you thought that conversation was interesting about my phone, I found it, then, you know, maybe. I looked everywhere. Where were the baby whites? Oh, I'm sorry. You might have to pause this. So I'm, where were they? The okay. kitchen counter. Right there. What I do every day. <laughs> I told him, I, I told you I lose my keys while did I tell you that? I told him that. I told him that. What game? Oh, the sticker game. Okay. So we started a sticker game. So I feel Audrey picks on me because I'm an easy target. Okay. I really do. I feel she makes fun of me and I don't point it out. Okay. I don't because I'm a gentleman. All right. And she makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> like she always makes fun of me. Right. Um, and I don't say anything. But if I say one thing, oh my God. You know, is I uh, you know how to say held and froze over. I can't believe you said that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to prove to her that she makes fun of me more than I make fun of her. So we have a mom calendar and it comes with stickers, right? right. So every time she makes fun of me, she gets a sticker. No, I get a sticker. Anytime I make fun of her, she gets a sticker. And we're going to count the stickers up to see (laughs) who makes fun of each other the most. I mean, the only way to figure out if if this is true or not is to look at it. Right. And and I'm not winning, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so maybe i was wrong <laughs> yeah in a whole different way i thought it was gonna end a whole different way no nah, i i I'm, I'm losing by like how many i'm losing by seven it's a i i i i, I got it today a bunch of times <laughs> and you know you don't you've been with somebody so long you just you just say stuff yeah you don't realize you're saying it and it's like damn that was me making fun of you. So I guess I get a stick. Of, yeah, I definitely am losing my idea to prove that she was right. I guess <laughs> I'm okay with it. So I'm a man. I can I can handle it. You know, I, I can admit when I was wrong. And when the game is over, we'll see who's winning. She's winning now. The game is still going on. We haven't decided an end date. Okay. So as soon as I catch up and take the lead, that's when the game going to end. So show to her that I was telling the truth, but that way is going, we're going to be playing this game for the next 60 years or something. So, so yeah. All right. Well, let me, first of all, let me thank you for joining me on our- Oh, that's it. Oh, man. So, all right. Uh, now, you know, I've got to have you back for the 100th episode now. So- um, All right, so I got to wait. When I get you on, I always boost my ratings. So I feel like I'm using you to boost ratings, but- <laughs> Nah, I like talking to you, Frank. It's fun. I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's, it's got, it's, oh, I guess we have been talking for a minute though, haven't we? Yes, and uh, um, I'm going to. I didn't realize that. Hopefully, it was interesting. Yes, I like, I like, I like ending it on time. That way, people want to come back for more. I did it the last. Oh, time. that makes sense. Yeah, you gotta do that because if stuff uh, starts to drag, you fall asleep like that game. I fell asleep. I shouldn't say that because I was at work. Oh my god, I just incriminated myself. I plead the fifth, but I fell asleep. <laughs> next time we get together, though, the next time we get together, we'll be on. Uh, Bro, cool. We'll be on millions of household TV channels. So I don't know about doing TV, man. <laughs> but you got the lighting now. You got the, you got the lighting and everything. Yeah, I figured out the lighting. I figured out I could get all this together. Though. I got the white. Well, I got to make it put something pretty back there next. Like time. mine. Yeah, I've yeah. seen. I've seen something. Uh, like maybe maybe in the Caribbean. 
or on a cruise. Yeah, you are. You like cruises, man. You know that's that. You know, watch out. Get your shot. The, the corona. I'm not going anytime. I'm not going. Oh, okay, yeah. I know they talking about bringing them back. Yes, but that you know that's a little concerning. Yes, I've been pushing you back, pushing you back, um, and they've been offering me money to keep going. They offered me almost a thousand dollars spending money when I do go, free, just like I spend on the ship, just for not canceling, just transferring. Really? Out. So how does that work? You got they give you cash? Was it like credit? The credit, but you can spend it. You can spend it on drinks. You can spend it off the ship. You can spend it anyway. It's like a thousand dollars. Oh wow! It. Um, so I'm can't gonna, cash it in, can you? So I can use a thousand dollars. No, <laughs> 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 and I would invest it. Obviously, I would let it grow. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll we'll get together on our uh, what our one hundredth episode, which would be amazing. And um, yes, uh, you know, again, uh, you'll probably be no, you won't be married by then, will you? <laughs> Way is going, we don't even know, man. <laughs> Hopefully next year, sometime we can actually actually like have the wedding. That's the goal. But um, then you get kids, you get coronavirus, you know. The world, you know, well, anybody, has anybody, own- anybody, I wonder if anybody named their kid Corona this year. I'm curious. Anybody named their that's an interesting name. Like, is it like it's I don't know what it means. I shouldn't say I don't, I don't know. I wonder if anybody, but uh I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I need to uh, I need to go for this, for this cuts out. But thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> uh, will, I, will, will you be back at a concert or something like that, or regularly or anything? Or I mean, I think it might work next weekend. We'll Dating, see. Dating company, good luck with that. So I won't be there for that one. But I don't know about that. That's a tough concert to work. Um, you know, yeah. and then add coronavirus on top of it, it'll be even more difficult. Even though they're making everybody do the vax vaccines, right? Before you come, I think that's yeah. Yeah. that's pretty smart. Yeah, but yeah, it's a tough concert to work. I, I don't know if they can pay me enough to come do that. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all got time and a half today. We get time and a half for dead and company. I mean, I think I can put a hazmat suit on, come out there. I would do it. Time and a half. Uh, that as I don't know. It's a tough concert. Yeah, whatever. All right, but we're out of here. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. Hey, everybody. Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows, as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page, where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.